This podcast episode is powered by Afropods, the world's number one podcasting platform for African stories. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Kenyan Wall Street Podcast. My name is Eric Jackson and today I'm joined by uh, Mr. Martin Mugambi, who is the CEO of Citibank Kenya, and Mr. Wayne Hennessy Barrett, the CEO of 4G Capital. So today, uh, Citi have announced a landmark $3 million term loan to 4G Capital that will reach more than 25,000 microenterprises across the country. So to help us understand this deal uh, is both Martin and Wayne. Welcome, Martin. Uh, we've made a $3 million facility to uh, 4G under what we call a scaling enterprise uh, program, which is a partnership between City and the Ford Foundation and the Overseas Private Investment Corp, which is now the Development International Finance Corporation. It's a $100 million umbrella facility that provides a guarantee for us then provide local currency financing, as the name says, to scale up local enterprises in low-income communities in activities that have impact and developmental outcomes, right? Yeah. So it's a multi-country, multi-geography facility. We are one of several franchises that benefits from it. And the intention is to spur and drive economic development through the provision of smart capital. The partnership we have with 4G Capital is instructable. The digital model that we are pursuing in the country, you may know that we've been here for 46 years, primarily as a corporate bank. But the new nature of the environment we are in, a lot of our corporate clients, particularly the subsidiaries of multinationals, have value chains that extend into the real economy into value chains where capital and access to capital is very challenging and has always been a challenge to access. So 4G Capital and City then inked a partnership where we looked at the business model 4G has, which is one that uses technology and uses data as a driver of making credit decisions, not to just provide mobile money loans, right? There are plenty of players to do that but provide credit to you know micro business enterprises that actually have positive economic development and economic value and a lot of those entities are also part of the value chains of our multinational clients so what we did then is to partner with 4G to provide that last mile credit to our customers who then benefit by empowering them, providing working capital, ability to stock their businesses, thereby completing an economic cycle that's fortuitous to all parties involved. So it's a smart partnership that is at a global level that then brings it to a local and local currency credit facilities through a smart partner in the sense of 4G. So let me ask Wayne to talk to the leg now in terms of the business they do in the country. Well, thank you, Martin, and um, we're incredibly excited about this partnership because it's a lot more than just a bank loan. This partnership is going to bring much-needed liquidity into the micro and SME sector, which was always much needed. We have a finance gap of $19 billion in Kenya alone, according to the World Bank, and that was before COVID struck. So we knew that this was much needed, but uh, just picking up 
Martin's point that we can both partner with our mutual clients and counterparties, so the fast-moving consumer good companies and their distributors who are getting their wares into the micro-enterprises, the small Duca owners, um, those large companies bank with City, and we can work with them, and we have been working with them for a number of years now, to provide a plug-and-play solution using our fintech system, our machine learning algorithm, to be able to provide the right-sized credit facility for the right business terms, pricing on the margins of the businesses as they earn, so that they can genuinely grow. And the results up until now have been extraordinary. According to TechnoServe, which is one of our partners, we see these small businesses grow their revenue by an average of 82% over the course of a year, which is quite remarkable. And so by leveraging cities' relationships with producers and mutual relationships with distributors, we can reach more and more, and we hope to reach something like 25,000 micro shops in the next 12 months alone using cities locally denominated facility for us which is an enormous energy uh, injection so this is more than a bank loan from one company to another this is a smart partnership that leverages relationships it leverages technologies and at the start point of a journey together where we think we can see some really great things happening yeah, and I think you've mentioned that the funds will reach about 25,000 micro-enterprises yeah, for a start in the next 12 months. And maybe just to come back to you, Martin, City is obviously a primary banker for FMCGs, and these have been one of the most disrupted businesses due to COVID, uh, mostly uh, because in as much as demand has soared, consumers are increasingly preferring online channels for accessing these goods. So how does this partnership with 4G enable this and help these micro-enterprises? It's an excellent question, Eric, and I think this is where we essentially are looking at the entire ecosystem, right? And not just the ecosystem, the B2B leg between us and our global FMCG customer, but we're looking at the B2C leg, and that B2C leg goes up to the consumer. And you know one of the trends that we're starting to see is utilizing channels for businesses to go direct to the consumer, direct to market. And these channels are very important because one, if you don't pay attention to the channels that reach your customer, then you move further away from your customer. So let me give a good example. Some of our FMCGs that are involved in the retail business, from up to 70 to 80% of their sales happen in the retail and in the micro retail space. And for us to drive their business, you've got to empower those retailers to stock up on inventory, to improve their working capital cycles, to give them liquidity so that that can then channel more turnover, channel more demand to the FMCG customer, who then is our direct customer. So we have gone and said, how can we solve for the last mile credit need? How can we solve for the last mile distribution in some instances where you provide value as opposed to you know, fiat currency, right? Our business model being a purely corporate bank, we do not bank the micro retailers, but have then tied up with an entity, a smart partner, that is able to actually analyze that group of customers, make credit decisions based on data, and provide credit in a smart manner, in a sustainable manner, so yeah. that that B2B2C 
full chain is covered. And that's what smart partnerships are about. We don't try and solve everything ourselves or recreate the wheel, but look at how different partners can come into the, what we're now calling very much a digital ecosystem um, to drive value. And it's not just about providing credit, right? It's also using data about how to drive business decisions, how to look at the flow and management of inventory, the flow of management of liquidity. If they need to discount, whether it's our invoices or, or payments, we have data that can allow us to make those decisions because ultimately it comes back to our FMCG customer. And in that sense, we're able to make fairly relevant decisions around different areas of working capital management, inventory management, and so on and so forth. So this is just one sector that we have started with. We want to expand this to other sectors. One area that you may ask is perhaps on the agribusiness side. We are already active on the payment side of things with different types of farmers in the country. And you know, one good example is on the T-bonus payments that we make on behalf of one of the sovereign entities. So we are looking at applicability of this partnership in different sectors that can drive growth, which is essentially what we are focused on ultimately at the end of the day. Yeah, that's very, very interesting. And so you mentioned giving that last mile connectivity since you have covered the B2B leg and where 4G Capital comes in strongly is now completing that B2C aspect of things. So maybe question for you, Wayne, is leveraging your strength in data analytic and technology platform, especially Kuza, how is 4G Capital going to actually now support those FMCG customers through these funds? Well, it's remarkably exciting. As you know, we've been partnering with a number of local and multinational FMCGs and their distributors for some time. The city relationship brings into scope introductions to an entirely new suite of partnerships who cities, clients, and with whom we can now interact and integrate so that our cruiser systems can supplement their distribution management systems and allow city and city's customers or our partners customers to be able to buy stock on credit rather than cash on delivery which as we know makes for very fragmented business cycles high cost restricted liquidity and so we've got a solution that works we're developing it and making it better all the time and so this is echoing martin's point about smart partnerships this is the smart way for us to scale it's a smart way for us both to be able to reach more businesses in need and help the economic recovery of Kenya as we get back on our feet after COVID. Yeah. Also for you, Martin, so a lot of African SMEs are actually in the informal sector. And you mentioned that uh, you're looking at building these types of relationships across the different verticals. And you mentioned agribusiness, but also the retail space and just a lot of these SMEs are the informal sector. So how are you planning to actually reach out to them and uh, support them more? So it's a good question, Eric. And again, this is where we come back to our smart partnerships, right? Yeah. As you know, on, on the T-payments side, and again on the payment space, Kenya has done exceedingly well as a country that has very strong peer-to-peer -peer payment networks. And that's through mobile money system. And the way we do that is customers are also fully integrated into the mobile payment channel because that is how they pay their customers and that's how their customers pay them. So we have integrated with our customers through our ERPs or application program interfaces where we integrate 
entirely into the treasury system and then into the back end yeah to facilitate yeah. payments to the last mile so last mile payments we are doing bulk payments for our customers to significant communities whether it's tea farmers or maize farmers what we are then trying to do is up tier that conversation into the digital credit yeah payments yeah. i think is well covered but digital last mile credit so um as with fmcg customers that are involved in the retail space we also have multinationals that are involved in the agri business space and this could be providing different types of support whether it's seeds or fertilizer inputs to farmers who then you know uh, produce a crop and sell back to that multinational so they exist a commercial underlying transaction whether it's on the input side or on the offtake side yeah. so what we talk for is the credit whether it's through supply finance mechanisms or input financing but utilizing the technology of the day which is really the mobile handset which yeah. is really data right and yeah. make it credit decisions that go up to that last mile so we are essentially seeing adjacencies where other industries that can benefit from what we've achieved on the fmcg/micro retailer side uh-huh. our aim is to flip that into new industries using the same smart partnerships the same last mile thinking yeah and we're not recreating the wheel we are simply using smart partnerships and applying them to a different sector and to us agri and agribusiness is the large elephant in the room that's really where uh, you probably see us playing now uh, quite soon okay historically i think uh, one of the biggest challenges to credit and lending to smes especially those in the informal sector has been the high levels of default and i think that has also been a challenge especially now during covid pandemic so for when i know for capital we've done a great deal of just ensuring that you don't have high defaults and you have very high referral rates so how would you say for g capital has done to de-risk lending to you know those smes in the informal sector and what learning can we take from that and apply to other industries well thank you it's a critically important question um i don't think there's any doubt that the covid economic impact has been very strenuous on the economy and we certainly saw a drop in lending from late march into april when large parts of the informal economy ceased to function and that was a very trying time for us we had to make a strategic decision on whether to move to a completely protective position as many lenders were and many lenders were merely collecting and froze lending altogether and certainly weren't acquiring new clients or to, to take a different approach and uh, it was a real moment for reflection but it was a very easy decision to make because we succeed when our clients succeed and our clients were still trading many of them and the vast majority i should say but at much reduced volumes because our customers customers clearly were all equally affected by this horrible period and so we kept lending through the crisis we started taking new clients on from the end of april and rebuilding our loan book and helping more and more clients got back to about 50,000 active customers and glad to say and our collection rates are higher than they ever were before and so by adopting a client centric approach we dropped our prices by 10% because we knew that we were experiencing challenges then our clients were really going to be in difficult straits and so by placing them at the center of what we do their loyalty and their resilience has really paid dividends and so it's been a difficult year for everybody 
but we're very close to our pre-COVID rates of revenue, and we're glad to say our portfolio quality is better than it ever was before. And you know, we're in very, very good health as a company. Lessons to share with the industry, I guess, you know, you have to just be very, very clear and disciplined about the segment that you lend to, the terms that will be beneficial to the client and in turn will be beneficial to you and to your business. We are a B corporation. We place a shared value model at the center of everything that we do because we think that actually makes us a better, stronger and ultimately will make us a more profitable business. But it bakes into our DNA um, the need to really put the client at the center of what we do. And, and that really has seen us through some difficult times this year. Okay. Thank you. Maybe just to talk about the need for building sort of like a pathway to formality for these SMEs, especially in the informal sector. So how do we then go forward in sort of just building that pathway so that most of the customers who are customers directly and obviously indirectly cities customers to get access to more formal financial services like now banking and insurance. So how do we start to gradually build that pathway to formality? Eric, I'll answer that in one way that probably works fairly well for us. As I've said, you know, this is not a segment that we ordinarily bank, and the way we've done it in the micro retailer space is through a partnership with an entity we call TechnoServe. Yeah. TechnoServe is an entity that has a program, uh, we call it the Smart Booker Retailer Program that we've entered into, TechnoServe where we've registered close to 10,000 micro-retailers into a structured program. And that program has elements of technical assistance, it has elements of training, and it has elements of also registering these businesses to do business with some of the FMCG customers that we've talked about. So we bring structure into the process by using a program that TechnoServe has to drive the SMEs to register in this Smart Booker program. We hope to scale that Smart Booker program on the retail side, and that is clearly part of the work we do on the foundation side. So to answer your question, that is one obvious way to participate, and that has worked very well for us. Perhaps Wayne could also add on the 4G side. Well, thank and and Eric, it's an excellent question, which goes to the heart of our mission, which is to grow business with capital and knowledge. But the purpose of that is to enable a better life so that our clients can transition from an informal to a formal existence. The only way that we're going to bridge the finance gap, which in Kenya alone stands at 19 billion US dollars, according to the World Bank, is by partnerships with banks like Citi, where they can bring the power of their relationships, their client set, as well as the facility to move forward with. Um, to partner with organizations like ourselves, products and services to clients, which help them not only to grow their personal income, but then to access government services, health, education, and the like. By working with our clients can grow a credit history and in the fullness of time, access more developed, more sophisticated services, and in a way from the grassroots, supplement the efforts of national governments to extend their services and their risks to create integrated societies that can truly support one another and to flourish. We are transitioning from being a pure digital lender into a fully-fledged neobank. Mm -hmm. This is a very, very important step on the journey toward that. So with the firepower of our city partnership, we're able to scale, but at the same time, we're also building out more digital channels 
more route to reach people at scale, to put the power of a digital business application in the hand of our clients so that they can access more and sophisticated financial services from partnerships like the one with ourselves in City. So we look to see insurance, other products happening, which, some of which we can provide and others which can come from our partners. So I think that really it's a, a very, very exciting journey. It's a very important journey. And it's one that really has to have the client at the center of that product design and execution. Yeah, and I think for this specific city loan, are the funds only accessible to existing 4G clients and how can interested SMEs then access the fund? <laughs> you know, I would not say it's just existing because business is a continuum, right? Yeah. Business is dynamic, 4G is growing in leaps and bounds. And I, I do anticipate that a number of SMEs will contact them through the channels that Wayne has articulated quite well. And through the smart programs that we have, again, with TechnoServe, today we have 10,000 micro-retailers. My hope is to push that up to the multiples of that, right? So smart SMEs that are well-organized, that meet the criteria for doing business with 4G, with our partners, will certainly reach out and grow as part of that program. So there is also some discipline that's required from SMEs in terms of organizing themselves getting training, getting their businesses in a way that these programs benefit them. That's why we would like to take it in a way that it's not just provision of capital, but it's also provision of technical support, elements of bookkeeping, elements of just basic working capital management, so on and so forth, and inventory as well. So to answer your question, Eric, I think that we will certainly get more traction. Now that we've got a proof of concept, it will only grow, not contract. Yeah, and I think one other thing is most of the SMEs actually women-led across Africa and Kenya, and it's a good thing that I think over 81% of Fuji Capital's clients are women enterprises. So for this fund, are you applying a gender lens on it in terms of who is going to actually benefit from the fund? Eric, it's smart business to have a strong gender agenda. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not only do we have a lens on hopefully driving gender participation from a business point of view, City itself has a very specific program within our supply chain finance programs with our multinational customers or global customers that also focuses on women owned businesses that want to do business with City and with the suppliers and partners of City. So my hope and my belief is that a lot of women-owned businesses certainly will benefit from this program. And I think that's part of the data that has been shared with you on the facility that we've executed. So yes, that's very much on the cards. And we do believe that that will be the case in terms of utilization. Thank you, Wayne. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Martin covered it perfectly and your stats are correct. The point is that we approach everybody on their own merit and that female entrepreneurs are an incredibly powerful force and systemically they still lack access to capital all too often and so by helping to unlock the potential they have to support them with not only the credit that we provide but the business training that we provide both from our own direct operations and in partnership with the FMCGs with whom we work and also TechnoServe, with whom we also partner with City. This is a great example of the triangular relationship that creates a virtuous circle that allows people to have their potential unlocked. So it's an extremely important point for us. We are, I think I mentioned the B Corporation, we have to place 
clients welfare client success at the heart of all that we do and so it's something we're very passionate about yeah thank you so obviously this is one of a kind deal where you know globally in financing is teaming up with sort of like a very very niche in lending or as you said a transitioning to sort of a neo bank in the SME and informal sector so where do you see this partnership going and what are the other areas of collaboration that you'll be looking for first with Foji Capital and other partners you know today we are seeing a number of emerging disruptive trends right we're seeing this intermediation we're seeing value chain fragmentation. We're seeing, uh, you know, digital ecosystems coming into play, right? Um, yeah. And it really is about the customer journey. Ultimately, it's about the customer journey. How well are you serving your customers? And we are trying to remove friction, as much friction as possible, from the customer journey. And for us, when you talk about new areas of collaboration it's really looking at areas where we can do things better where we can improve the customer experience we can improve the journey and given the nature of the digital ecosystem that's developing around our customers we're looking for seamless plug and play solutions with partners smart partners that can help us do a lot that we're doing on the last mile right yeah. and you don't have to be a consumer bank or a retail bank for instance to develop smart solutions that serve the retail consumer segment of your customers. So for us, it really starts with a customer, looking at the customer experience and the customer journey, and then removing friction from that experience. And that's where the partnerships come in by solving this last mile credit, for instance, with a smart partnership with 4G and you know, BFC, etc. We have provided a solution to a customer even issue that they needed to resolve. So I always start from not trying to sell a product, but what solution and problem am I trying to solve for my customer? So areas of expanded partnership, I look at different verticals. Today it's retail, tomorrow it's agribusiness. It could be also in logistics, and it's really using technology to underpin this, this removal of friction in the customer journey. So I think our partnership has quite a bit of scope both geographically and in different industries. Yeah, and over to you, so I think looking at approaching sort of like a post-COVID environment, what's next for 4G, especially in regards to serving the clients, uh, what can we expect from 4G Capital? We have to keep delivering what we're currently delivering at greater scale. So growing to reach more people, growing to provide the highest standard of service that we can and playing our role in the economy. So there's a pure growth vector to start with. But that transition also requires evolution. And so you'll see from 4G Capital, very exciting new digital channels where clients can access products and services that we're currently providing. And then gradually more things will be bolted onto that as our partnerships mature and the technology also evolves. So, yeah, we'll keep you posted, but we're very excited about the journey ahead and at the same time remaining sober about the need to just stay very grounded and to keep our hearts as well as our minds in the client space and share with them their realities. And so we'll always keep that human dimension of the business. We'll always keep the relationship manager. And that is really what allowed us to keep pushing through the darkest days of COVID. So we are transitioning to a digital neobank but we're a neobank for africa and that means relationships and that means people and hearts and minds 
So thank you, Martin. Thank you, Wayne, for joining me today and uh, just elaborating about the $3 million deal that you've signed between the Citibank and 4G Capital to help reach more than 25,000 micro-enterprises in the country. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye.